0: Welcome to the sermon podcast of Resurrection Community Church in Virginia Beach. We seek to connect people to God and one another through His Word, and hope this sermon brings you closer to God. All right, awesome. So I am aware that you have, you are in the, in the book of John. You are in the John series. So we're here this morning to continue on, in the series of the Gospel of John. That you have already began, and last week you be, you learned about uh, Jesus healing uh, a lame person on the Sabbath. Specifically on the Sabbath, there was some intention on that, and I'm sure, pretty sure that Pastor Jimmy will uh, explain that. So we're going to be there. We're going to be there again in the second half of that chapter. And if you have a Bible, uh, please go to John chapter five and. As you're going there, I want to start. I want to start by just asking you all a simple question. A simple question that you might feel convicted a little um, about. Have you ever made kind of a bold or somewhat outlandish claim that maybe you didn't? Um, maybe you didn't really have the evidence or the authority to make? You ever make a statement, a claim, about something that really you couldn't actually back up that well? Maybe it is how great the Patriots are. <laughs> maybe it is how California is the greatest state in the country. <laughs> maybe, I mean, if you watched the game last night, you, you, could have, you, can, you can have an idea of the Pats. Uh, you know. But uh, perhaps you've heard the bold claim of Gerber, you know the, the little Gerber for uh, kids, saying that their formula prevented children who took it from developing that who people that, children that who took it would um, develop kind of like immunity towards uh, allergies, like they're not gonna get any allergies. Um, or maybe you heard the other claim from the five-hour little bottle energy and and how they say it's better than coffee and the doctors even recommended this claim actually cost them more than four million dollars in penalties and fees so there's consequences when people or companies organizations make outlandish claims both very overconfident claims and these claims you know as as we have heard you know they're they're very bold uh, but you know no matter how much money is spent in fees and penalties, they're nothing compared to the claims that we 'll be seeing Jesus making right here in this chapter he 's going to start saying some kind of you know crazy things and specifically in our specifically in our text this morning and Jesus is going to try and convince the people he 's speaking to that um, he 's going to be um, saying one of the most bold, outlandish, mind-blowing claims that they have ever heard. This 30-year-old carpenter from Nazareth is going to try to convince them that he is God. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, God, we are gathered right here, God, to learn more about who you are, Thank you, God, for giving us your word to study, to hear. May you open our ears to hear, God, your word, and may you stir our hearts, God, um, to apply, God, what we will learn today, God, from you speaking, God. May you be the one who speaks through me, and may you be the one planting the seeds, Lord, and may you be the one that makes it rain on on our hearts so that we may bear fruit, God, in your time. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So, John chapter 5, if you're there, we're going to read verses 19 all the way to 47. Uh, maybe like 20 verses. So, bear with me as, uh, as I read uh, verses 19 through 47 from John chapter 5. I'll be using the ESV. Let's read. So, Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, the Son can do nothing of his own accord, but only what he sees the Father doing. For whatever the Father does, that the Son does likewise. For the Father loves the Son and shows him all the things, shows him all that all, all that he himself is doing, and greater works than this will he show him, so that you may marvel. For as the Father raises the dead and gives them life, so also the Son gives life to whom he will. For the Father judges no one those who have done good to the resurrection of life and those, and those who have done evil to the resurrection of judgment. I can do nothing on my own. As I hear, I judge and my judgment is just because I seek not my own will, but the will of him who sent me. If I alone bear witness about myself, my testimony is not true. There is another, another who bears witness about me For if you believed Moses, you would believe me, for he wrote about me. But if you do not believe his writings, how will you believe my words? This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. This is so bold for Jesus to say. Usually when we make bold claims without having much evidence or right to make, we tend to back our way out of it. Make some excuses, you know, maybe justify ourselves, and kind of backpedal from these claims. Well, Jesus does not do that. He actually presses even further. He goes even stronger, and he says that he is God. And then he gives them proof for why they should have seen it coming. He mentions Moses. He mentions that you know you study the scriptures, you should, you should, you should, you should know. So we have a long test this morning but we'll be splitting it up in two points first we're going to see the claims of jesus and two we're going to see the proof of jesus and hopefully this will help us all see jesus for who he really is as he says who he is because it is so easy for us to have sometimes such a skewed view of who jesus actually is you know oftentimes I think even in the church, we love to think of Jesus as just a mild, meek, sweet pacifist. Uh, that never wants to shake anything up. He's just tolerant of everything. He wants everyone to be happy. Yet, yet, Jesus, we see Jesus right here completely going against that view in this passage. Uh, to start off the whole book of, of John, is so that we may actually be, so is so that we may actually believe rightly, about Jesus. This gospel's entire message is to say that Jesus is God. And the passage beforehand is a scene from last week that, uh, where Jesus healed a man um, that some re- religious leaders didn't like that so much. And he responded to them that his father is working so that he must be working too. And the religious re- leaders were like, Okay, well, uh, it sounds like you're saying you're equal to God. And starting in verse 19, Jesus presses in. He doesn't back out. He stands firm in his identity. So how does Jesus explain the claims that he is God? Well, first, he says that he has a unique relationship with God, the Father, as his son. He's basically saying that his relationship with the Father is proven because he loves only doing what the father does the father shows him what to do he wants to do what the father is asking him and the father loves and gives honor and finds enjoyment having the son come alongside him we all know the phrase like father like son right Uh, you know the mini son is just uh growing up and he wants to be just like that we might picture Him, um, the son, we're helping the dad in the garage, passing the tools, learning here and there, or it doesn't have to be the garage, can be also in the kitchen. I know that dads can cook as well. Um, And helping out with that. Um, The son is just after the father and many fathers, if you're a father um, in here, don't you find enjoyment in bringing your son alongside you and teaching him what you know, alongside your work, you know, you have this vision, there's this love that connects you guys, and you have this vision of, you know, you're helping him out, and maybe he likes to do actually uh, uh, later on what he wants. It's kind of passing um, your personality, your character, character onto him. There's this unique type of relationship between a father and a son that's only that, that you don't have with any other children. This is what Jesus is saying that he has with his father. He's saying that he is God because he has this unique relationship as God the son. The second bold claim of Jesus is that he has the power to give life. Ezekiel 37 comes to mind because it's a field, it's a field, the valley covered of dry bones. And God comes in and he says, I'm going to speak, and the power of my word alone um, will give these bones form and these bones will have life. It is God alone who is glorified. It is God alone that can bring dead bones to life. And now Jesus comes in and he says, if you wanna honor me and glorify the Father, you gotta honor me. And the power to bring the spiritually dead to life comes from my voice. That's that's what Jesus says. You see, he's claiming attributes and characteristics and power that only God has. Jesus is making it very clear that here, that he is God. The third bold claim of Jesus is that he has the authority to judge. In the Old Testament, it is clear that God is the ultimate judge, and Jesus here is claiming that he is that judge. Like, think about how crazy that is. If, 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 if I were standing, standing here in, in front of you all and say, hey, you all, one day all of us are going to be... Um, facing judgment, and one day you're gonna face um, someone near the, pear- the pearly white gates, and guess who's on the, thron- on the throne? This guy. That's crazy, that's crazy. You would freak out too, like these people. This is a crazy claim to make. These are bold claims that Jesus is making. Jesus is 100% claiming, I am God. There's no, way, there's no other way around this. Jesus um, is claiming attributes and characteristics that are only reserved for God and saying that is, that is now him. His relationship with God the Father as his son grants him the authority and the power to give life. And on that last day, he will be the one who judges. Uh, the question for you to ask yourself this morning is, do you believe this? Do you actually genuinely believe believe this message, message that the Son is Jesus and that Jesus has the power to give life, He has the power to judge, and he is. He has this unique relationship with the Father. Because reality is that Jesus is teaching here that on the last day we will all face judgment that he will be and that he will be the judge verse 29 says those who do good to eternal life and those who do evil face a greater judgment and separation from god now at first reading of that it might kind of seem like okay good people go to heaven bad people go to hell but if we look at what the bible as a whole teaches here is, is what it teaches here. It teaches there is not one that does good. If you, if you look in Romans 3.12, it says that no one is righteous. There is not one that loves the light, that in our sinful flesh, um, it doesn't want to honor God. In our sin, we instead love the darkness. So according to this, it's not good. Um, it's not good people go to heaven and bad people go to hell. It is everyone is under judgment. Everyone is under the weight and condemnation of our sin. That we cannot get to life when we are spiritually dead in our sins. But the good news is that in John 3, which Pastor Jimmy preached a couple of weeks ago, is that Jesus taught even those who love the darkness, all of us, that if you believe in him, if you see the light of Christ, that he will raise you to new life and that it is those who do good. Jesus says, it is those who do good that love the light. So what Jesus is teaching here is that in order to do good, to resurrect to life, you first have to be completely changed on the inside. He's not saying that, it is, that it's the good that you do that will save you. It is only the proof It is only proof that you're living. The works in our life are evidence of our faith and James, the brother of Jesus, explains that fully in James chapter two, that without works, faith is dead. Faith and works are tight. They they correspond to each other, but the stepping stone is faith. It is uh, the works in our life are evidence of our faith. uh, Like I said, and you can see it in in the book of James, the good only comes after you. The good only comes after you have been raised to life by Jesus. And in verse 24, it says that those who are raised from death to life are the ones that hear the words of Jesus and believe. The Apostle Paul says in Romans as well, in in Romans uh, 10, verse 17, that faith comes by hearing and hearing the Word of God. The only way for sinners, like all of us, to be raised from spiritual death to spiritual life is to place our faith that Jesus, the Son of God, came to die on a cross to forgive us of our sins and make all things new. We see this in John 3.16. So in the last day, and Jesus is there, he's not going to ask you how many times did you go to church. How many groups you led? How many verses you memorized? um, How many serving teams were you on? He's going to ask you instead, did you hear my voice and believe? He's going to ask you, do you believe that I am the son of God? Do you believe that he, Jesus, is the only one by which we are able to have partnership with the Father, have redemption, peace, and eternal life? For those who are hearing this for the first time, Jesus says that if you respond in faith, that he is the true son of God who died for your sin so that you could find life in him alone, that right now in this moment, you can pass from spiritual death to spiritual life with him forever. Let's not be like the religious leaders that were constantly reading scripture and like from morning to night, Yet still, they were blind to see Jesus. They were scared. Let's have ears to hear, to hear what Jesus claims about himself and accept it and follow him. Would you do that this morning? Would you accept Jesus as your personal savior? For the rest of us, if you have been attending church for a couple of years, I would ask, can we reorient our minds on this Jesus? Can we give up this mild, tolerant, sweet, everybody's body Jesus? Jesus makes claims not only about himself, but about us too, like to push up, to push against our culture. Romans 12, uh, one, one through two, it says, you know, be renew your minds, um, do not conform to the patterns of this world. And Jesus lived that pattern, lived the pattern that we're supposed to live. We need to live this pattern for the sake of godliness, for the sake of following Jesus. It's just something natural that comes after receiving Jesus and having faith. Will we follow him all the way? Would we believe this? Would we live in submission to this? And would we praise this Jesus, the son of God, that leads us to eternal life. It all starts by hearing Jesus. He he repeatedly says right here in this passage, truly, truly, uh, those who hear, right? Um, uh, The dead will hear. Um, uh, Whoever hears my word and, and so on. It begins, it begins by hearing Jesus. Let those who have ears to hear, hear the word of God. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, God, thank you for your word this morning. God, may you instill in our minds and in our hearts that you are the real Son of God, that you are the Son of Man, and that you are here to give us life that you are here to give us a fresh perspective of who you are may our view and vision of this reality and this truth shape how we live for you god shape how we walk our lives how we behave at our workplace how we behave outside in public may you give us the courage god to let our light shine and to share the gospel god with those who are in our, in our path. May you be the one who speaks and may we share, God, that you are the son of God. May we believe this and may we give you the glory, God, all the honor and all the power God as much as we can, God, for your glory, in Jesus' name, amen.